0: Welcome to the City Reach Baptist podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. Morning, church. Sounds like not everyone knows who I am. My name's Nick Van Ruth. I'm married to Emily. We have a one and a half year old, Josh. I uh, lived in Canada when I was younger, so that's why I've got this weird hybrid accent, so do bear with me uh, with that. Uh, I uh, work for City Bible Forum, helping uh, Christians in the workplace uh, live out their faith, and people who are not yet Christian think about their faith in that context. I'm also studying a Master's Divinity at Bible College. I'm about halfway through, and I've been part of the City Reach family for about two years now. Uh, I want to acknowledge what a privilege and honor and uh, responsibility it is to unpack God's word with you. So um, I'd like to thank the leadership and particularly parts of team on for uh, giving me this opportunity. As we begin, I wonder, does, it, does anyone here know the song, It Is Well? Oh, lots of people, good. And does anyone know who wrote that hymn? A few, it's Horatio Spafford, if you know uh, who wrote the hymn, you might know the story behind it. Horatio Spafford was a prominent Christian lawyer. He was quite successful, had a, a large family. He owned property all around Chicago, where he lived. And uh, things were looking great for him until uh, things started to change and started to get worse and worse and worse. In 1871, Uh, The great Chicago fire burnt down uh, most of his livelihood. And later that year, his only son at four years old died of scarlet fever. And things only got worse from then. Two years later, uh, his family were traveling to England. And uh, on on the boat, his his wife and four daughters went ahead of him. He was held back for work. They uh, they boarded the SS Villa de Havre, and on the way there, it was struck, and it sank, and 226 people died. Horatio would have heard about the shipwreck, and no doubt would would have been in anguish, wondering about uh, the safety of his family. So crying out to God, he, he was waiting to hear, and he finally got a telegram from his wife. Saved alone, his four daughters perished with the boat. For Horatio, things kept getting worse and worse and worse. He cried out to God, and the heavens were silent. I wonder, have you ever been uh, in suffering or in a difficult situation, and things just keep getting worse and worse and worse? You cry out to God and the heavens are silent. It seems when you need God most, He doesn't seem to be there. And you wonder, what is God doing? I've asked that question a few times in my life, uh, but I know there's some here who have uh, gone through incredible challenges. And there's some here uh, today going through uh, profound, uh, difficult situations. And I don't want to pretend to know uh, what you're going through or pretend to know what, what you should do. But I do want to draw your attention to two women uh, who can appreciate uh, what we're going through. Mary and Martha, uh, close friends of Jesus. Uh, their brother Lazarus is sick and they cry out to Jesus to intervene. So why don't you open up uh, your Bibles, uh, page nine—sorry, eight, 897, and I'll just read the first couple of verses again. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, in the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus were close friends with Jesus. No doubt they would have heard about all the miracles and healings Jesus had been doing throughout Jerusalem and Judea and the wider Israel, Israel area. And they probably thought if Jesus would heal a stranger, surely he would heal uh, Lazarus, whom he loves. And so they send uh, for Jesus. Now, they, it's not like today where you can just hop on the phone and give him a call and ask for Jesus to hop over to Bethany to... Uh, heal Lazarus. They had to send someone to go find Jesus. And they uh, were held back to care for Lazarus. So they send a messenger. uh, It's about a day's journey to find Jesus across the Jordan. And when the messenger finds Jesus, he tells Jesus of the news. Jesus responds. You can see in verse 6, by waiting two days. Before returning. Now Mary and Martha are back home in Bethany, waiting for Jesus to come. They don't hear for days, and Lazarus just gets more and more sick. You know, I imagine uh, Mary and Martha caring for Lazarus, looking out on the horizon, waiting to see the messenger return with Jesus. And one night they see on the horizon the messenger Alone, and uh, they keep waiting and as night turns to day Lazarus breathes his last and in this time of hope and expectation for Jesus to show up Lazarus dies where was Jesus surely if he had come he could have healed Lazarus and then Lazarus would be okay he wouldn't be dead they were praying for Jesus to come and intervene and to heal their brother, but the heavens were silent. I wonder um, if any of us are in a similar situation to Mary and Martha. We might have a relative who is sick, and we're praying for them, and things just seem to get worse and worse. The heavens are silent. It might be your own struggle with health. Chronic disease or mental health, uh, and we think surely God would step in and intervene uh, for me, a Christian, someone who God loves. We pray and we cry out, and the heavens are silent. It might be your job situation, a a conflict you're in. Uh, You might be longing for a friend, a partner, a family, and the heavens cry out. So, and you cry out, and the heavens. Are silent this might not be you and it might be something you've been through in the past and it might be something you will go through in the future but if it is you then you know the anguish that Mary and Martha are in waiting for Jesus to come in despair when he doesn't and Lazarus dies but do keep listening because as we already heard Uh, Something so much bigger is going on than what Mary and Martha are aware of. To Mary and Martha, the heavens are silent, but Jesus has a bigger plan. Now, I wonder what Mary and Martha would have thought the cause of Jesus' delay was. Perhaps, like we're prone to think, uh, they thought Jesus was idle, that he was either uh, too busy or too uh, lazy to come and concern himself with their problem. But Jesus was not idle in waiting those two days. When it came to traveling to Judea, his disciples discouraged him from going because there was people in that area that wanted to kill Jesus. But Jesus rebukes them in in verse 9, saying that while it's still day, while the sun's still out, let's go. Jesus was determined to go and to do his work. God is not idle. God is able. And perhaps, uh, when, like us, when, when things are bad and things keep getting worse and worse, we're prone to think that God has abandoned us, that God doesn't love us. Perhaps that's what Mary and Martha may have thought, that Jesus is indifferent, that he doesn't care for our Lazarus condition but that couldn't be further from the truth later on in verse 33 when Jesus finally arrives uh, at where Je- Lazarus was and he sees Mary and Martha weeping Jesus weeps with them the Jews looking in on Jesus they say see have a lo- see how he loved Lazarus when God's people suffer God's heart breaks for them. God is not okay with our pain. He's not okay with our suffering. God is not okay with death. God is not indifferent. God is love. But why, why did Jesus wait those two days? We don't really know. The text doesn't tell us. It doesn't say what he did, who he talked to. But it does tell us that he had a bigger plan. Mary and Martha had their idea of how they wanted Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. They wanted, to, they wanted Jesus to drop whatever he was doing and to come straight away and heal their brother. They wanted their brother back. They wanted him back to full health so they didn't need to care for him day and night. They wanted him back to full health so they didn't need to watch him suffer anymore. They wanted him he wanted Jesus to come bring healing so that they could be happy again. You hear it by how many times both Mary and Martha keep saying to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, then my brother would not have died. They wanted healing and happiness, but couldn't see how Lazarus' death was part of Jesus' plan. They thought that Jesus had failed. But Jesus saw the bigger picture and plan something so much greater. Have a look at how Jesus responds when he first hears of Lazarus' illness in verse 4. He says, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. The goal is not that the helpless would be happy, but that God would be glorified. And sometimes I think we can come to God with solutions rather than problems. Now what do I mean by that? I mean we come to God with our problems but then tell him how we want him to act. You know it might be, uh, God I'm uh, in in a really tough job situation. Please let me get this other job I've applied for. It might be, God I'm sick and in pain take the pain away so i can get on with my life god i am lonely and single please provide me a partner and when those things don't happen we think god has failed no wonder the heavens are silent when we're only listening out for our solution but god has something so much bigger planned for us, something so much greater planned for us. The heavens may feel silent, but in the heaven, God is moving and working according to his greater plan than our solution. So Jesus and his disciples travel to Bethany. We see in verse 17, they arrive in Bethany and Lazarus has been dead for four days, four days. I don't know if you've ever seen a dead body. might be at an open-cast funeral or uh, in the med lab or something like that. There's something eerily terrifying with dead bodies. Uh, Where there used to be life, uh, there's now a cold, lifeless body. Lazarus had been dead four days. There's no coming back from that. Now Martha goes out to meet Jesus. And in that has a phenomenal conversation with Jesus. One one of my favorites uh, in the Bible. Sometimes, actually, really all the time, uh, when we're struggling through something and we're in a difficult situation, the best thing we can do is talk to God, to soak ourselves in scripture. So have a look uh, with me in verse 21. Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha responds, Yes, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Now what Martha's referring to here is the Jewish belief that at the end of time uh, all uh, God's people will rise and inherit the land uh, for Martha this is this is like the Jewish equivalent of saying we know your loved ones are up there watching over us it's something hypothetical theoretical abstract to comfort the grieving but what Jesus is talking about is not theoretical It's not hypothetical. It's not abstract. What Jesus is talking about is something real, something concrete. He says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus uses this event, this moment of suffering in Martha and Mary's life to reveal his character and his promise. He says to Martha, whoever believes in me, though they die, they shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus promises that he will conquer the greatest enemy, the greatest fear, the darkest darkness that all humanity faces. This is who Jesus is. He is the resurrection and the life, and this is how he reveals this to Mary and Martha. Had Jesus returned in time while Lazarus was sick and healed him, Jesus could have said, I am the great healer, and he is, and he does, but he is so much more than that. It is through suffering that God reveals to us who he is. And sometimes it takes even deeper suffering for God to reveal to us his greater character. What is God trying to reveal about himself? in your life right now? If the heavens are silent, could it be that God has something even greater to reveal to you about himself? So Jesus uses this moment of suffering in Mary and Martha's life to reveal his character and his promise, but also to invite them to believe in him. He says to Martha, do you believe this? I and the resurrection and the life do you believe this you know for those of us here today sitting uh, standing speaking do we believe this it's through suffering that God reveals to us his character and his promise and he invites us to trust him and if it wasn't hard if it didn't involve suffering then it wouldn't take faith to believe uh, in Jesus and the longer things go on, the harder things get, the more faith it takes. It would have taken a lot of faith for Mary and Martha to believe Jesus could heal their brother. Uh, it would have taken even more faith to believe that he was in control when everything was falling apart and Lazarus died. God grows our faith through suffering. It is, if Jesus had come straight away and Lazarus had been healed would it have it taken as much faith for Martha to say to Jesus yes Lord I believe you are the Christ the Son of God who is coming into the world and so in verse 38 Jesus goes with Mary and Martha to the grave of Lazarus and I want you to imagine the scene. so Mary and Martha had been waiting for Jesus for days calling for him to intervene, crying out, and the heavens have been silent. And now here they stand before uh, a grave, and uh, Lazarus is as dead as a stone that covers the grave he's in. He's been dead four days. The stench would be unbearable. And Jesus says, ask them to open up the grave. Have you ever reached that point of hopelessness? Have you ever felt like you've been in front of a closed grave? You can't see an escape. You can't imagine how God could possibly redeem this situation. It's the deepest, darkest moment of despair. And it's the deepest, darkest moment of despair that takes the most faith. But also it's that deepest, darkest moment of despair that God is most glorified. What would you do? Would you move the stone? In that deepest, darkest moment for Mary and Martha, uh, they knew that Jesus is the Son of God. They trusted that God had a bigger plan. So they, they trusted God and they obeyed. They moved the stone. And Jesus stands in front of the grave and cries out in a loud voice, Lazarus. Come out. And out from the grave emerges Lazarus. He's walking out. They didn't have to go in and take him out. He walked himself out. And there he is before them, standing, breathing, walking, living. This is the power of Christ, to to make the dead alive, to bring Lazarus back from the dead, to enable him to walk out of his grave. And this miracle, raising Lazarus from the dead, is just one of many in John's gospel. The author, John, he refers to these miracles as signs. And the thing about a sign is when you reach a sign, you don't stop there. You go to where it's pointing. And this sign, uh, this Lazarus who walks out of his grave, is pointing us forward to another time where someone walks out of the grave. Jesus himself, Though he was innocent and, uh, and perfect, he was tortured, he was crucified, he was dead and buried. You know, here, is, here is the Son of God sent to deliver his people, and he's in the ground. He's in a grave for three days. For three days, for the disciples, the heavens were silent. But in that deepest, darkest moment of despair... Jesus defeats death once for all and he walks out of the grave. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus was resurrected and in him we have life. Uh, The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, quoting uh, Isaiah and the Psalms, he says this, Death has been swallowed up in victory forever. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who has given us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Apart from Christ, death is scary, it is hopeless. But in Christ, death is defeated, our sin is forgiven, the law is fulfilled, and the Christian has victory. In Christ we have a sure hope of a place with God where there will be no more suffering, no more death, and we will be with God forever in victory. When Lazarus was in the grave for four days, it seemed for Mary and Martha, the heavens were silent. But Jesus had a greater plan to reveal his promises for them and a greater victory. When Jesus was on the cross and then buried for three days, the heavens were silent. God had a greater plan to show his promises fulfilled, his son glorified, and to bring victory over death for Jesus and anyone who has faith in him. The deepest, darkest moment of despair requires the greatest faith, but is that moment that, the most, that God reveals His most greatest delivery and greatest glory. So whatever you're going through right now, or whatever you might go through in the future, uh, even if you're at the end of your rope, even like Mary and Martha, you might be standing in front of a closed grave with no idea how God could possibly redeem this situation. You're crying out to God and the heavens are silent. That is the moment to trust God because you can be sure he has a greater plan to reveal his promises to you. And he has in store a powerful demonstration that points us to the greater deliverance that he has in store for us. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus was resurrected and in him we have life. So whatever it is, now, in the past or the future, whatever we are suffering in profound ways and things seem to keep getting worse and worse and worse, we pray and the heavens are silent. That is the time to trust God. So when the heavens are silent, trusting God means not pulling away from God, but pulling in to Him. When the heavens are silent, Trusting God not, not, means not thinking that God doesn't love us or He's not able to save us, but knowing that we are profoundly loved by God, knowing that He is profoundly able to deliver us. When the heavens are silent, trusting God means not leaving your Bible on the shelf to collect dust, but to open it up and soak your, yourself in God's Word. When the heavens are silent, trusting God means not avoiding church because it's too hard, but making it a priority so you can be encouraged by God's people and be encouraged by God's word. Trusting God when the heavens are silent means not isolating yourself but seeking counsel from those that God has placed in your life. When the heavens are silent, trusting God means not seeking comfort in things that you know might help now but would only harm later on by seeking comfort in God. When the heavens are silent, trusting God means not defining yourself by how you are broken, but defining yourself by the one who will make you whole. As hard as it is, in these moments of deepest, darkest despair, Trust God because he has a greater plan to reveal his character and his promises to you and to deliver you, or at least point you to the deliverance he has in store for you. And it's often the case, the testimony of those who have been through profound suffering and remain faithful to God. They can tell you how faithful God is. They can show how, like Mary and Martha, though they couldn't see what God was doing they knew he had a greater plan there's many here in this congregation who'd be able to tell you that testimony and maybe what you're going through right now at the other end of it you will be able to use this story to encourage other Christians we heard at the start uh, the testimony of of Horatio Spafford uh, who reached the deepest darkest pit of despair with the loss of his livelihood his son and all his daughters But when he traveled traveled to meet his wife in England, as he passed the very spot where the ship uh, was shipwrecked and where his daughters passed away, he wrote these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well it is well with my soul though Satan should buffet the trial should come let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul my sin all oh, the bliss of this glory this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole it has been nailed to this cross I bear it no more praise the Lord Praise the Lord, O my soul. In the deepest, darkest moment of despair, when the heavens were silent, when things were getting worse and worse and worse, Horatio saw that God had a greater plan. God had a greater deliverance in store for him. And he was able to say in that deepest, darkest moment of despair, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. When the heavens are silent, when things seem to getting worse and worse and worse, whether that's you now or that might be in the future, will you trust God, knowing He has a greater plan and a greater deliverance in store for you? Let me pray. God, I don't know uh, what's going on in everyone's lives here today but i know that you have a plan that you have a purpose god we don't understand uh, that plan we don't know what you're doing but we trust that you do that you are in control and even though things might get worse and worse you only have in store for us victory in christ and we pray that we would remain faithful to you that we would trust you when the heavens are silent, when things are hard, and that you would be with us. Lord, as a community, as a church, uh, help us get around those who are struggling. Help us get around those who are going through these difficult times. And remind them of the the greater plan God has, and just, just to help them and be with them in that hurt. But God, ultimately, Lord, we want to point people to Jesus and to to show people the victory he has gained for us on the cross, that the grave is empty and that same fate is in store for us to be with you in victory forever. And God, we look forward to the day when you will return and that will become a reality for for all of us who trust in Jesus. And so God... As we go out today, whatever the day might hold for us, we pray we would trust in you, knowing that you have a greater plan uh, to show us your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.